You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Oh, hello, squirrels. It's me, Hillary Ass, and my co-host, of course. You're here, too, right, Selena? Yeah, I'm here. Don't you worry. Can't you see me? Yeah, I can probably see you, but no one else can. I mean, no. you're like a ghost of the world. Come on. It's true, but listen to my soft, dulcet tones. Mm, love those tones. Those tones really get me hot. Um, mostly because it's really hot in my room, not because you're sexual. What did you think I'm talking about? Selena, seriously. Uh, well, I mean, we do have a history that we don't need to talk about on the podcast. <sighs> Are you sure? You don't want to go back to those golden days? Nope! Okay, well, anyways, we have some other people on the podcast. Um, by the way, we this podcast, if you're listening to it, it's on this network called the Sonar Network, which is kind of like an accumulation of podcasts, Canadian podcasts. Um, and we're really excited uh, because we were really alone for a really long time in the dragosphere on the Sonar Network, right, Selena? We have been, yeah. There's a lot of drag podcasts out there, but not here on the Sonar Network. Mm. So I think it's time we welcome another drag podcast to the network. Yeah. To and pick up the slack that we've left behind, really. Honestly, they're a little nerve nerve wracking for me because I mean, like they're way like a little bit more famous than we are. Well, a little more, no, sorry, that's the wrong word. A little more Canadian famous, which is like not famous anywhere else. But, like some might say, they are more qualified than us to talk about drag race. qualified or half half qualified? Yeah, part partially qualified, like point one repeating. <laughs> Point zero five. Okay, it's time to bring out the podcast du jour on the Sona Network, a drag exclusive. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they'll introduce themselves. It's the semi-qualified queen, Cynthia Kiss and Juice Bar. Yay! Oh, welcome. Thank you for having us, ladies. That was an amazing intro all over the place. I yeah. love it. <laughs> of course. No, we don't do anything by the script. You owe us $500 because we're teaching you how to podcast properly. Oh, right. right? <laughs> this, is it, this, yeah, this is your lesson, ladies. How, do you, how does it feel, ladies, knowing there's a new drag podcast on the block? Are you intimidated? Really Honestly, intimidated. it feels amazing. Do we give you a complex? <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah. I want to let you know something. By the end of this podcast, there's going to only be one, and it's semi-qualified queens. Listen, okay. yeah, well, we'll hand okay. it right over. We're, we're, we're fine. Start so yeah. beef. It's the beef <laughs> no one anticipated nor wanted, but we're going to start it. No, Listen, this this beef yeah. is going to be stronger than Shea Coulee's beef with Juicebox on Twitter. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Juicebox canceled yet again. Tell us all about it. <laughs> I, I basically had, I was having like a, a rough like week and I just basically tweeted that like I haven't been able to go to the gym. I've been sick. I have had like stomach issues. So February was putting me through it. So I said, fuck February. So Shay <laughs> retweeted it and went, Oh wow, Juicebox hates Black History Month. Mm-hmm. She said, "Fuck Black History Month," and I was like, "No." I was this thinking is why, it. This is why I, was, I yeah. like Juice venting to me instead of doing it on Twitter. It gets her in trouble. Right. It gets her in trouble. It gets her in trouble. Yeah, but I think everybody got that it was just a joke because all the responses are like laughing and stuff. So no, it's a Good. joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke, everybody. Yeah. 
I take this very seriously. I take this very seriously. I'm taking it to the president of Canada, and you guys to be canceled. And so is that the president of Canada like that? Um, that lady who like tries to arrest cops in Peterborough? Isn't that what she calls herself, the president of Canada? Oh my god, I haven't heard of this person. Is this the yeah, like, mega stuff in Canada? Mega, yeah, mega we Canada. Have- we have like this, I don't remember her name, but she basically like walks, like she, she like radicalizes a bunch of people and then they'll like show up Ugh. to like Peterborough and like go to arrest the police officers. And like, she's all like an anti-vax freedom rally, but she's this like tiny little old lady. Okay. Mm. So she's not a cab. It's funny. That no, she's not. It's not like this person. Uh, what do you been? You've been going to her rallies lately? <laughs> no, I just see yeah, she's not. She's not Ahab. She's like anti-government in that weird, like radicalized way. Well, okay. we already know how you feel about February. So tell us how you feel about this little old lady. <laughs> oh my God. I'm punch that little old lady in the face. <laughs> deserves it. Yeah. Quite the week for you, Juice. I know. I'm having a rough go. Yeah. <laughs> It's been rough. Well, well, I mean, come on. You, now you're starting a podcast. Now you're glamorous. How you're feeling? Well, you started the podcast. How long has this podcast been going on yeah. already? Over like a year. A year? A year? Yeah. Okay. We just like celebrated our anniversary last month. Because, yeah, we kicked it off Happy January last year. I know. And then we kind of, we, the sonar thing was perfectly timed where it was like one year. Now we're joining a network. We just feel like, I don't know, we're becoming too legit to quit. Hey, come on, MC Hammer reference. I love that. Damn. So your podcast, you review Drag Race. Um, do you, you? I guess you also interview. I've heard. I actually listened to your interview with Kamora more because I was like, "This is juicy. I want to hear." Ooh, it. That was a good episode. That's our most popular one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love the tea. Juice was nervous <laughs> about that one, and I was like, "No, they'll love it. They'll love it." It was, inten- and I was, like, was intense, and you both did a really good job of being like letting Kamora speak and like letting her say her piece <laughs> and like we also had to edit out, like an hour out of that interview oh like we really let Kamara say her piece there was so much content that was we had lot. to cut out well, and you, so you had to remain neutral about Kimura, through that yes mm-hmm. and yeah. Kamara, I think sometimes um she'll say her same point in a couple different ways and that was right. making the podcast very long but it was like oh you've already you've definitely made that super duper clear yeah. so I wanted to make sure she felt like heard and yeah. we totally had to we totally had to post that episode but yeah it's a spicy one and That's then great. we do drag her. race review episodes and because there's always drag race on we keep getting caught in this loop of just um reviewing episodes but we do want to dive back into um bonus content or regular yeah. content with interviews with yeah. alumni and just drag queens at large, like not necessarily just associated to this this television show, because yeah. I think are it's you like, calling me? Are you calling me fat? I'm a drag queen at large. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm That's calling perfect. you. I want. I want to introduce you, fat drag queen. Not that you would ever have me on your podcast, anyway. Oh, I wouldn't go. Oh, oh whatever. Yeah, they don't have Camp One and Kiki girls on there. They only have. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, my show aired in the United States, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> On YouTube in the United States. Um, right. We actually have a similar journey. It's like we did a Drag Race podcast for so long, and then now we're finally like, okay, enough reviewing Drag Race episodes. We want to talk to people. We want to go through yeah, topics. Yeah, we did a lot and, of interviews, too. Yeah. Like, and, and speaking of Kimora Amor, you might want to go back into our history because we had Kimora before she was on Drag Race. We did. Oh, we did. Yeah. And she was, she was saucy back then, baby. So don't it's worry. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. She always has been. Definitely. <laughs> um, so anyway, the topic today is what? Like before, then, and after, right? Before, then, and after before Drag and after. Race and fame and TV. 
Yeah. I love it. Like, like the bar, I kind of like the bars, the TV, now the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we, have here. we have two people from Canada's Drag Race, Juice from season one, Cynthia from season two, and then we have Hillary Yass from season four of Camp Wanakiki. Wow. Top three, may I add? I, I'll say top two. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm also here to moderate. And you were on, you, you've done some cool stuff. Like you've done like the video games and things. Sure. Like that, which is kind of cool. Like, I, don't okay. keep, I need to interrupt. You game? keep saying video game. Like what video game? Oh, I'm, I'm a voice and body in um, Far Cry 6. Yeah. Oh my God. That's huge, babe. Yeah. yeah. That's massive. That's like yeah. on my, like, that's on my vision board. Like I want to do that for a video oh, game. Wicked. That's so cool. Honestly, yeah. I hope we get to do it because it is so damn fun. I, I played a drag queen. Like my character was a drag queen and it was nothing like me, but I had, I did the stop motion capture where they like put the dots all over my face and I wore the bot, like mocap suit. It ends like, up looking like RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, she actually yeah. looks a lot like, like Barbie Joe Bonta actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh or Madame Laqueer, I might even say. Uh yeah, it's very it's very interesting. It was a really They got yours cool. and they said make it draggier like they yeah. threw like bigger <laughs> lashes, bigger hair right? and screaming. Yeah. She's big, she's uh, got tattoos, she's part of the military. It's really cool. Oh my god, oh, wow. I need to check that out. So we've yeah. all we're all super fucking famous. Right. Everyone yeah, in the world knows world. all four of us. All yeah. of us. All we're of gonna us. dominate, take over. But okay, like I but said, about... there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like you said, you, you don't even know what podcasting is about until you've quit at least five times. So. Right? I love <laughs> that. So what is, are those like hiatuses, Please. like little breaks, leave them wanting oh, yeah. more? Mm. Yeah, they are. Sure. They yeah. are. <laughs> It's uh, also like drag race, reviewing Drag Race sometimes. I, I mean, I don't know if you're there yet, but I mean, like, Drag Race, ten. <laughs> once you do uh, the seventh season in a row, you know, um, you start to kind of be like, oh, everything just feels like it's the same. And the quality keeps getting better. And yet I still have to critique this. But like. Oh, yeah. Splitting hairs. <laughs> Splitting hairs. Sometimes it's like there's nothing actually negative to talk about, no, but it would be boring if there wasn't like two sides to an argument. Our yeah. latest hot topic is how short season 15 is because they edited it down for MTV. It's so every really week we're just ridiculous. like, these quick edits. Like, I feel like half of and our you know podcast. what's really crazy is you go back into the history, like season nine was a short season. Like there yeah. were a lot of seasons that were like 40 minute episodes, but for some reason they weren't choppy. Like they they didn't. Well, they shot them that way, right? They shot. So them the problem was, yes, yeah. Okay. So the problem with season fifteen is that it was shot for ninety minutes, and two right. weeks before it came out, they said you have to cut at least forty minutes off of this because no. it went from a ninety-minute show to a forty-minute show. So that's why there's massive gaps. That's why there's a lot of things that feel really unsure about, like a lot of the outcomes because a lot of the outcomes that we see that production kind of pushes through is like yeah. this person won because it makes more sense for their storyline, you yeah. know? So a lot of times mm. we're seeing wins right now where that storyline got cut out for time, you know? So then we're seeing some things and you're not falling in love with certain people. Like they probably planned for you to do like things are being misconstrued. People are starting to hate people. People are starting to love others. It's kind of just yeah. turning into this big mess. That's infuriating. That's not mm. fair to the girls. It's not fair no. to the people who spent thousands and thousands of dollars to be there 
I and know. a lot of the girls like have a lot of stories that they keep tweeting about being like, my story isn't being told. Damn. They're not talking about the things that I wanted to talk about that make these things relevant to why I did these things. Like it's not mm. being shown, but I promise you why I did this and this and this makes sense. Like it's, it's really sad to see. So if you follow the girls on Twitter, you'll start to kind of like see the bigger picture. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so it's kind of like one of those things. Instead of like, I, she said what she said. It's like, well, I said it. But it's not there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of the, a lot of that's just kind of like just got swept out. And they're like, you can even tell like sometimes with RuPaul when she talks, there's pauses in her in her sentence yeah. that they've cut out. So it's just yeah. like so it's like they really yeah. cut that timing down. Uh, I so did, the, the runways do remind me a lot of the earlier seasons. However, like they're very quick. A lot of the early seasons used to have like very very fast runways. Right. Yeah, they like, ran away. <laughs> they yeah, were, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a good topic, actually. Why don't we talk a little bit about just, like, the logistics of running a Drag Race podcast? Because now, you know, we're mm. doing it. Like, the problems, the struggles, like... <laughs> Oh my God, I know our, not number one, but for us, we're bi-coastal. And we talked about it even when I hopped on the call, the three-hour time difference from Vancouver to Toronto, mm-hmm. it can be sneaky. Because sometimes it's like, one person's just like, we we only have so many hours in the day yeah. that we both can like overlap um, and connect with each other. We totally make it work. Um, but that's one of those things where it's always kind of like, would you say like a numbers game juice? Like we're always like, yeah. okay, so that means like when we're both in the same city, we have like a sigh of relief and we're like, oh great. <laughs> okay, we're both going to be like at the same time doing this episode. I find it's a little, yeah. it's or a little bit anytime of a we, ch- Anytime we chat, we'll be like, synth, like synth will be like, yeah, meet you at one. And then one of us will always have to be like, wait, EST or PSD? And then it's right. just like, oh, oh, PSD. Oh, okay, so that means it's this time for me. So that's always kind of the big sort of like, block for us is just like what what time is it <laughs> it's crazy to me that you even think in pst because <laughs> as us being like we're i mean all of us are from ontario right cynthia you're from ontario mm-hmm. not? totally and i actually yeah. i assume people don't think in vancouver time so often when i speak right. i if i'm talking to someone from ontario i'm already doing the math for them being like 1 p.m your time <laughs> yeah your yeah. time yeah, the she best. we love you, Ontario. <laughs> Wait, I just want to back things up a little bit. I know we're talking about podcasts right now, but when did you leave to, for Vancouver, and why did you go to Vancouver? Yes, when and why? <laughs> so I moved. I moved in like I think it was 2017. I started working for a West Coast company. Do you know Lululemon? That clothing yeah. company. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like the yeah. same creator. Yeah, it's a very niche clothing okay. company. Very I'm familiar with this little indie workout brand, Lula. <laughs> you haven't heard of it. It's just very underground. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the creators of Lulu started a second company and I worked for that and it was called Kitnace. Yeah. And it was a bit more like, I don't know, bougie and less athletic. And it uh-huh. kind of expanded really quickly. And they brought me out to the West Coast. And at the same time, I started doing drag because I thought, oh, "Oh, this is scary. I don't actually know anyone from Vancouver. Um, So I kind of also want to try drag. So two birds, one stone. It would help me with my like social life, um, which lol, never had one, never will. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I obviously obviously do. Um, But then, uh, yeah, it just kind of exploded. I did drag exploded. And then like my career kind of was taking off corporate design world i was like a menswear designer a color designer um and this was all happening at the same time in tandem with drag and that was very intense for me because i was like both were taking off in this really 
big way and yeah. just knows I'm a bit of a workaholic. But even sometimes, you know, burning the candle both ends is too much. So right. I took a bit of a break and focused on, you know, corporate design. Yeah. But then during the pandemic, I was let go. And that's when I auditioned for the show. And oh, that's no why way. my narrative, that's why my narrative on the show was like, you've come back like from the dead, like yeah. you retired from drag. But it was really just like a year off and then COVID hit. So it felt a little longer. But I love doing drag. I Like, if right. I had a choice, I would pick drag because it's way more fun. Like, it's yeah. way more fun than, like, a corporate office job. Like, I love it. Do you ever see yourself going back to the corporate office job? Or, like, this is it now? Well, I think there's days where, you know, we get up there, we do our five, six, seven, eight, and it, like, the body hurts. And you're like, can yeah. I really do this, like, my entire life? Like, can I really be a show horse like this? So those are the times where I think it might look familiar like corporate days but maybe it's still an entertainment um I love being kind of I don't know I'm more like calendar email like I like my business running really tip top and I know that I've I've taken that from my corporate experience so that'll always stick with me whatever I'm doing my new mantra in life is cool projects with cool people and I keep doing that that, so Cool. And somehow I work with juice box. <laughs> she said cool people. You can't have it all, babe. You can't have it all. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the juice box. You don't have a six pack. You have a tetra pack. Tetra pack is uh is what they call a wine box. Oh, okay. See, I'm not I'm a non-drinker, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm a former alcoholic, so I for sure know that. Yes. <laughs> hey. Oh my god. Well, since we asked Cynthia, Juice, what's your life? story <laughs> my life story oh my god yeah, i was born as a wee lad in windsor ontario um i don't know well what do you want to know where do you want me to start your beginnings in trauma. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, trauma my traumas and drag um i basically started i was like a little like twinkie socialite when i would when i was moved when i first moved to toronto i, I was just heard you at the lakeview like in the middle of the night yeah, 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 it would be, yeah, it would be 3 a.m. at the Lakeview, you would be serving me, I would be absolutely yeah. wasted with, like, all of my, like, little girlies, and, um, yes, I remember those days, I loved the Lakeview, I would get, um, I would get disco fries all the time, yeah. or deep fried pickles, it was uh-huh. the best. Um, love a deep fried pickle. Yeah, <laughs> love a deep fried pickle, but I, ha- I was, like, crushed, I was, like, I was like basically at the beginning of like starting like my like excessive drinking. I was like incredibly insecure, like hated myself, hated my body, um, hated kind of everything about me. And I would always go to these drag shows and like I was friends with all the queens and like I loved them. But I noticed that they had this like massive amounts of confidence. They Mm -hmm. always had friends. They got free drinks. Um, They never had to like wait in line. I hated waiting in line. Um, and while I, I was like crushingly insecure, I was also like so overtly confident in my skills right. that I was just like, I could do that. So, um, I decided to just jump right into it. I was a bit of a hog for like a year, but, um, <laughs> I feel like I really drank. Or did you just go into it? You're on your own. No, um, only one person had ever put me in drag, and it was Scarlet Bobo one time, and she like kind of just did my face like once, like right once, and uh, <laughs> You're that the first was person sort of in my face. I was yeah. yes, I did it. I didn't. I do it twice. I don't. No, I think you only did it once. Did we just do it once? I thought we did it twice. I think it was for some reason. Who knows? Um. But we, uh, what was I saying? But yeah, so we, uh, so, so so she did my face once, but that was it. But it was mostly just self-taught, kind of like making mistakes, sitting in my room, practicing, going out, seeing what looked good, what didn't look good. Um, 
And yeah, then I kind of just sort of fell into it and sort of fell into the love of drag, you know? Yeah. That's sort of how I started with it. Cool. The love <laughs> of drag. That's such pageant BS, but we'll take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, I was like, juice. The love of drag. Oh, I just came in. I'm still a little in the love of drag. For the love uh, of drag. Uh, uh. I'm your contestant number 13. Exactly. (laughs) In Toronto, the love of drag. Toronto is a grind. Um, Yeah. It is is a hard working city for drag queens. (laughs) Yeah. The way way y'all perform (laughs) at Cruise, the nonstop numbers, I'll never get over that. I did it. I went back and did one show and I couldn't move for three days. I was like, I can't do that anymore. I'm like, I started, like, I was always fine because I worked a lot, but I never did marathon drag. Yeah. And uh, now I'm hosting brunch at Glad Day, and Fabulous. I would do it every second week, which is great. But right now I'm doing it every week while Aaron is on leave, and it's a five hour show, and it's yeah. just like hosting that great thing. show though. It's it's a great show. It's so much fun. I love doing it. But I'm 42, <laughs> and like <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. When I, I talked about the body, it. when I talked about the body pain and drag, everyone's yeah. head nodded like, "Yeah, yes, we <laughs> you feel it." No, yeah, no. Do your stretches. Yeah. Do your stretches. But five hours, my God, every week—that's that's intense. Good for you, yeah, Sam. yeah, yeah. And that's, that's like great. one of the easier shows I find because you only have to do two numbers a set. Yes. When cruise is, you have to do three to four numbers uh, a set. A hundred percent. And you're doing that from eleven thirty until three a.m. Yeah. Well, the way I've heard it described is it's like you have a half an hour slot. Fill the slot, right? Like they'll yeah. say, like this is your window from this to this at cruise. I thought that's what I heard. Yes. Yes and no. It's more like you have four songs. Like okay, cool. they say, put four songs down. Um, do but if like and do them all talk in between like if it's one of those things where it's like if you finished your four and the person after you isn't ready yet because they're horribly irresponsible um then you do another song name names but <laughs> name names oh no say their names no 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 um i've had that experience with a lot of girls where they like go out for a smoke um mm. and socialize and get a drink and then their cue to like change for your next set is when your fourth song finishes and you're like what the fuck? So yeah. that happened. That's happened a lot at cruise, but I'm not there anymore. So who cares? Yeah. Hillary, what was life like before oh. before Camp Wanakiki for you? Career wise. Well, you know what life was like before Camp Wanakiki with me. I do. And so do our listeners. But let's tell Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the funny thing is like, I mean, I've, I'm very aware of like the marathon style in Toronto and I've, all, I've always resisted it. And I've always yeah. gone into the comedy stuff. Um, so, I mean, like, when we worked with House of Licks, for example, Selena and I, like, we're technically with, with Vicky. Uh, we did our, our weekly show. Um, I would produce comedy shows. Um, so, like, I would, I would kind of think uh, in, like, various monthly shows, you know? But, like, that's not to say they're not exhausting because I'd be standing there hosting the show for... Yes, literally three hours. Yeah. And you're also you know? like you would be writing and mm-hmm. and like you'd sing live too. And there's a lot so, like, going it's exhausting on as behind the way. scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've had this discussion with some girls uh, who do the thing. And maybe you can talk about this, Cynthia, what it's like in Vancouver or like, you mm-hmm. know, in the before times. Totally. Um, um, like uh, some girls in Toronto, for example, they just don't have the mental capacity to do like super creative work because of all this lips schminking uh, yeah like marathon drag kind of like 
trains you to just do the hits, right? Do the things that people yeah. want to see so you don't become background. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of thing at the bars. Because, like, there's all things you drag queen on stage. You can, yeah. like, do, like, these crowd-pleasing top 40, you know, get the tips. And that's yeah. that's yeah. one style of performance. But I do love a really, like, thought-through, curated, written number where I love a yeah. good, like, Well-conceptualized, yeah, A conceptualized mm-hmm. number. And I would say that is really what you find in Vancouver. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd say overall the structure of like any kind of show, like there's, I wouldn't really even say there's like a marathon kind of drag in Vancouver because we have a surplus of talent. So why only have two queens doing so many numbers back to back? You could actually just have a fuller cast. It might mean a more crowded backstage, but who cares? Like it's, that's, it's a community we're building. So it's fun to have that many people included in each show. And this way now you can like, really be mindful of representation and diversity. Yeah. I feel like Vancouver is always extremely top of mind with um, making sure each cast is colorful and fully mm-hmm. diverse. And I then everyone that. comes with these different POVs, these perspectives. And so it, there's some really fun drag out here in, in Vancouver. Okay. Let me ask you a question about this. Cause I love mm-hmm. talking about money. So I yeah. know in Toronto, yeah, like for money. marathon drag, you get paid like a hundred to 150 bucks, right. To do like a, a marathon set. Mm-hmm. But then the yeah. tips during a marathon set, because you're on stage for so long, you make a lot more money in tips than you would in pay. For sure. What What is it like in Vancouver in terms of like pay versus tips versus how, how much stage time you have? I would say perhaps like maybe like a bit more upfront, like your rate per show. Like let's say it's more like 200 instead of 150. Okay. And then you also get tipped. And this is where if you come out in a fabulous costume i find when i look my most expensive Mm -hmm. then this like rush of tips will come in because people are like i am impressed by the way you have presented yourself in these in this six minute presentation this number whatever you're doing so i find like i know what you mean as far as like exposure on stage you're like i'm on stage for half an hour so i could physically take more money but i feel sometimes depending on how much again thought has gone into the number you can kind of get it quickly. So I feel like it all right. works out in the wash, but you get more of a workout in Toronto. So get those abs. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I will say you do. I know I, I you do make a lot, a lot more with in how Toronto. much in Toronto. You will yeah. make a lot, lot more because you're well, just there's more people too, right? There's, there's more people. You can also like double, triple up on gigs. So like, imagine if you're doing like four marathon gigs and one after the other, you're, you're leaving with bags of money right so i I find there's just a little bit more exposure and a little bit more accessibility into having a little bit more money um in the toronto scene i can find there's a lot more full-time performers Mm -hmm. um in the toronto scene like even ones where you're like you're a full-time performer like it's almost surprising (laughs) um that's a good that's a good thing that you bring up like the kind of like you're a full-time because i think the um the style and it takes a certain type of personality to want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like just to go mm-hmm. full bore like that rather than, you know, and not, and, and be okay with it because it's such a grind. Like yes. it, it really turns it into something different than like, say like myself, like I really like the creative aspect. I could not do this if I was not doing the comedy and the improv, which pays shit, but like yeah. um, it, it's a different Pers- it's a different type of person or mindset, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, I find. And it's uh, as a former like Toronto marathony village girl, like the opportunities that I would get to be creative were very few and far between. But when I would get to do them, it would be like so exciting. And you would just like Mm -hmm. hold on to this like, oh, I can't wait to do this number. Like it it would just be like the highlight of your month, you know, for you to be able to do this like conceptualized number. Um, And it was kind of sad when people wouldn't like respond to it as well as they would respond to you like doing like. Absolutely. Britney Spears or Beyonce or something, right. you know? Absolutely. And that's where competition shows, which I wish they would bring them back, like Cruising Tango's Drag Race, which you and I both did, Juice. Mm-hmm. You won it. Season did, seven? Yeah. I think. I think I won season seven. I beat Priyanka. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you won. She uh, lost. Yeah. Um, are they bringing, are they not bringing that back? I don't know. They haven't. Yeah. They should. It's a really or Miss Cruz. Miss Cruz is a really, really good one. Yeah. Um, even Woody's used to have Zarina. Um, that was oh, a really good pageant. That was Zarina. sponsored by Smirnoff. Or um Queen of Halloween is also yes. a really, really good one at Woody's, although Which it I is a little backwards. Have you won that? Uh, I don't know. I saw I, uh, I know, no, I saw every time I compete in Queen and Halloween, I place. Um right. but I've never won. Although I feel like my golem should have won, but that's just me. I agree. I that's the thing yeah. is like uh, what I think a lot of people who would just watch a show wouldn't know about you is that you are like such a phenomenal makeup artist and like SFX too, right? Yeah, and concept yeah. queen. Like I I the stuff I've seen you do, like at the Cruise and Tango's drag race or whatever, like it was so cool. It's it's a bit of a departure from what you showed on like Drag Race with like the mm-hmm. angel wings and getting stuck on your sequins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like um, when it came to to Drag Race, I I kind of wanted to fall into a certain brand to not like confuse mm-hmm. the audience or to to sort of see things that they wouldn't really understand um when it came to me i wanted it to come into like uh, as like a pretty little package of like yeah. what my drag is right. um but right. i did have in my package i had a lot of throwbacks to the stuff that i'm really good at i had um for the hair runway i was supposed to come out as a full special effects werewolf um yeah i had like long claws i had the full facials i had the the teeth made um i had a full body thing of hair like i I had it all um and then i had like i had like a bunch of different like foam latex prosthetics with me for drag race for there was like an there was something where we were supposed to be old i had like an old face there so i had a bunch of stuff ready to sort of show those things but you know i know it blows my mind when i know you have these abilities because i do not i don't my makeup artistry is like if there's kind of like your trifecta of skills to be a queen the makeup artistry was like my biggest hurdle so i always find it fascinating that juice could do all of these things with makeup and i love your Mm -hmm. hot girl aesthetic but i was like i think it's i always i would love every once in a while for you to like throw a curveball in there like a lady gaga like cheekbone prosthetic i would fucking scream i would be like i think like i think maybe next year because i was like thinking, alexa like, one stone year or something I was, I was just gonna go full tilt into makeup just like kind of like steer away from like some things and just like almost dedicate my twitch channel into like different transformations and like yeah. doing these crazy makeups and stuff it's just the only thing i don't like about mm-hmm. that is like once it's on then you're like now what do I do? I know. Yeah. I just got to wash it off. Fuck. You know, that's my, mm. my thing. Cause it takes so long and you're so proud of it. And then you're like, well, guess I'm going to take this off now. <laughs> yeah. I know there's the audience. Media. There's a demo though. That doesn't know that you do that. It'd be, they'd be like so into it. 
I think so, yeah. Very yeah. true. It's very true. Gotta stop playing it safe, juice box. <laughs> well <laughs> maybe get me on that all stars. Exactly. Well, I think that's a great opportunity. Well, why don't we take a quick breaky break and get back into the chat? Okay, squirrels. <laughs> That was nice, squirrels. <laughs> that was great. I saw it. Okay, we're back. Oh, what a fun! Uh, did you have a squirrel tapping at the window or something like that? Where you sometimes there's squirrels everywhere. Hills, you know, I live with them. Yeah, I'm really impressed how trained you have them. They were doing the dance moves and everything. Very impressive, yeah. Selena. Yeah, yeah. I, they, they wouldn't sing this time because they get a little camera shy. But uh, oh, okay, yeah. that's why. I'm, okay. I'm surprised they 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 survived in the box you sent them in, Selena. No, they always do. You just poke a couple holes in them; they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Do you have yeah. the food? You're going to take care of them now, or are you setting them free in, into the wilderness in Vancouver now? Oh, Stanley Park is right there. They're going to love it. Okay. They'll be happier if the coyotes awesome. don't get them. Ooh, ooh, the coyotes is a big thing. We have coyotes here too. Like just yeah. like they were attacking runners earlier last <gasps> like earlier in the year. Like they would in fact if you were running fast, a coyote would then instinctually think like that's my prey or whatever. So they oh said be God. careful running on the seawall, which is like literally what that's, you do. You that's what you, you do. run yeah. on the seawall. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, no. My uh husband calls them yellow eyed bastards. Uh-huh. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. So if he sees one. He'll be like, oh, there's those yellow-eyed bastards. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who did I marry? It was like full deliverance. (laughs) Yeah, all of it. Yeah. We're back into the discussion. Um, So I think we were talking a little bit about our late before times. But like, what about getting on on TV shows and doing famous people things? Like, how did that feel? How did that feel when it happened to you? And What was the excitement? Yeah, like, what was, like, the excitement for you for getting on the show? Like, what were your anticipations? What were your hopes and dreams when you when you found out you got on it? Your hopes I mean, on. I didn't believe them. Like, I remember when they first cast me, I was just like, no, you're joking. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, you're you're on the show. And I was like, no, this is a joke. <laughs> so, like, even, like, I, de- I deadass was, like, paying for hair and doing all these things. And I was like, this is a, this is a prank show. I'm going to get there. They're going to be like, just kidding. It was a joke the whole time. (laughs) So like, I, I just had trouble believing it um, until I was basically there, but it was, it was a wild ride to kind of like wrap your mind around. Cause it's so big. Like it's such a large, large thing that comes like me and my husband had to like adjust our relationship and like his presence in my life. Like he didn't want anything to do. Like he deleted all of his social media. He deleted everything that had to do with anything being associated with being online because he was just like, I don't want that to like affect my, you know, my life, my career, my privacy. Like I don't want all those eyes on me too. So I had to take off all the photos of him off of my socials. Like Mm -hmm. there's basically no trace of my husband, you know, within my social media or anything. Um, Because that's like a, you have to pivot. You have to, you have to also think about the people who are in your life that are going to be, you know, going on this journey with you. So it was, it's a wild thing to kind of get ready for drag race. Like there's a lot of things you don't think about. And it's also kind of like, you got to think about that when you're telling your story, because like, let's say someone's talking about their family trauma, like their family didn't ask to have their story told on the show, but it is Mm -hmm. your story. 
So like, where's the balance there? You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Like yeah. I, I even knew when they were interviewing for the show. Like my dad's gay. I talk about it on the show. Yes. It's like yeah. not everyone's dad is gay. So even me bringing that up in the interview process, I knew that was one of those like differentiating things about me that casting would say like, oh, Cynthia does have some backstory here. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. I had to in between filming and airing. I like to speak to my dad and be like, Hey, so like, obviously like this is part of my experience. Um, I kept it very topical um, uh-huh. because I knew like my dad wasn't on the show. So I don't have to like go into the nitty gritty because yeah. it's not the most like sunshine and like perfection. Like just because your dad's gay doesn't mean you don't have like trials and tribulations with your, your parents. Right. And so, but I had to like, you know, prep him being like you, they've literally asked for a photo of you. Like you are going to be on this show. And so, I mean, the end of the day, he loved it. And the story was really cute, but it's intense, right? You're like, hey, I'm airing all this laundry. And I think, I don't know about you, Juice, but like since the show, it's changed a lot of things. Like it did impact more than just me. And I think that was an oversight at the time. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this like reality TV show. And like, that's going to be like my new career. But now it kind of changes everything in a way. Like now it's like, there's just a different amount of like accessibility we can control mm-hmm. that. Like I, I love visiting my parents and like there not being any gigs and just really kind of be off the clock. I often just like separate my drag just so that they can still like have a connection with me. When I did yeah. like a Toronto show, I think my stepdad commented, he's like, oh, it's so hard to like access you. Cause then there's like this room of people that have yeah. like, quite frankly, paid for a meet and greet. I have my obligations as like Cynthia Kiss, the public image performer trying to kind of make sure that that's the priority because I'm so business oriented. It's like, they've come here for the show. I want to make sure their experience. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes family has to take a second row seat and that's new for them. So it's, um, Mm. it's an adjustment for everybody. Wild. Mm. So each of you you has like a monumental thing about getting on the show. Like Hillary, you were the first Canadian on Camp Wanakiki Juicebox, yeah, no you were one, on the first yeah. ever season of Canada's Drag Race. And then, Cynthia, you got to do this after being away. And, like, no one expected you to be there because you had yeah. already left drag. Me too. I didn't expect to be there. Mm. I literally, I auditioned because I didn't want a case of the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Like, I yeah. literally was just like, let's just bloody do it. Because there's, like, I love what I saw first season. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. this is actually really great. It's yeah. not like, sometimes Canadian versions of shows can be a little, Wah-wah. I liked what I saw. And then I was... I just never heard no. And I know that's such a like unrelatable, annoying perspective. Yeah. Me just being like, I just like submitted and got on like, whoa, yeah. is it hard? <laughs> but it's like, obviously they had their brat pack narrative and I yeah. fit the puzzle as far as casting. And yeah, it's changed my life. It's pretty crazy. It was the brat pack and Beth. Beth is just not. <laughs> anyway, change the name to Beth pack. <laughs> oh my God. Beth pack. I would watch. <laughs> I would watch. That's so true. I remember no. Juice back like when Drag Race Canada first came around. It came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. all of the queens everywhere in Canada, in Toronto, I knew we were all like going like, what the hell is this? We have to get ready for it in like two minutes. Um, it, 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 it did seem like a prank. Like we never thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Like, we were always no. like, well, this this will never happen for us. We're Canadian. Like we'll never have to worry about that. And then suddenly it was like, bam, 
right? Yeah. It just sort of just like burst in onto the scene out of nowhere. And I remember when the the announcement first came out in Toronto, at least it was like, it, you could tell even in the bars, like shit was different. Like the air yeah. changed. Everyone had like a, a kind of like, there was just something about even like the aura in the bars. Like you could tell that things were just going to be different. Things were going to change every, it was all anybody could talk about. It was all anybody could kind of have on their minds was just like, this was happening. It was going to happen to a select number of us, majority of us from Toronto, because I guess they thought let's save money and not get anybody else from anywhere. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was it was crazy, but it feels like it's almost like it was this blessing in disguise because we were the all these uh, Toronto entertainers got to get on the show and we got these incredible careers from it because everybody got to watch season one and all these things. But it felt like the a lot of the headliners and a lot of like the top performers who are in Toronto are now not working in Toronto anymore. So it feels mm-hmm. it feels like it changed the city a lot. So it did. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like the city needs to get its footings again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's it's crazy because, like, we didn't know what to expect. Kind of think everybody had wanted to be on Drag Race for so long, didn't think it would have been possible for us. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was right there. And then, like, who, like, everyone kind of feels entitled to get on. Like, everyone yes. feels like, is this is, is for me? This is my show. Who's going to get on with me kind of thing? Well, yeah. drag, queens, oh, yeah. <laughs> drag queens have, you have to have this, like, percentage of delusion at all times to be a drag queen and yeah, so that man. so quickly parlays into an audition tape being like i wonder who's going to be on with me <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah yeah do you know what just, my biggest pet peeve is though with that and like i feel bad saying it because like live your dreams you know you know have fun it, live your truth. <laughs> but when girls are like well my storyline will be and yes. then when they cast me and this girl we're obviously going to be cast as these girls and then like we're going to have this fight and then this will happen and it's just like diva you have no idea what's going to happen until you walk through those doors. Like they could cast you as the girl who like, this is your storyline that they have planned for you. And it blindsides you, Mm -hmm. you know, like they don't know the, the intimate inner workings of the drag scene in your city. They have no idea. They're just like a bunch of white gays sitting in their office, looking at the audition tape. So whatever you've shown them, unless you out of your way went, I fucking hate this queen. If you cast her, we're going to have problems. Like that's the only way they're going to know if there's going to be some kind of fight. So I don't know. It's just, it's always so annoying, but whatever. A hundred percent. You can't make it up. And that's so true. Cause uh, yeah. On like on Wanakiki, I don't think there's much storyline stuff. It's a very different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very like, <laughs> keep it positive. Like they actually resist drama. Um, and we're always in character too on that show. So it's, yeah, yeah, you're in drag a hundred percent of the time on screen. We never see you at a drag yeah. until you get kicked oh, wow. off, which you never yeah. did. Oh. And we're also oh. in the woods. So anyway, it's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you get ready with like running water though? Like how do you? Yeah. Like, you uh, do? They have to go down to the well. Oh. Well, we go to the well and we take a little of shower. And we jump no, there's the like room. a little washroom station, I would hope. Right? It's like campgrounds. Yeah, it's like a kid's camp. So like there's a bunk. So there is still facilities. There's something. Okay. I was like, there's are you bunk. literally getting ready in like a bucket? I was no, like, it's not so no. They don't put them in the middle of the well. It's season one we had to shave in a bucket that's what yes. we had to do yes yes yeah. yeah we had to shave in a yeah 
Because I'm always, dead whenever, serious. Whenever yes. I see people like on the show in the workroom shaving, I'm like, where's your sink? What are you doing? Yeah. They told oh, us we yeah. had to shave before we got there. And if we didn't, part of the challenge of the workroom, the quote unquote workroom <laughs> challenge is that there's no running water and we're not allowed to go to the bathroom to shave our faces. Shut so up. They provided us with buckets of water that we had to share to shave in until I had a hissy fit and said, I'm bleeding in this water. We can't share this because my blood is in it. And then I finished shaving and left and I don't know how they fixed it, but then they kicked me off. So I don't know what happened. This is why Actra has a problem with Canada. This is why, this is why Actra members yeah, yeah, yeah. are not allowed on that show. Yeah. 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 Oh that's why. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Season one, they had you, to figure it out. <laughs> they did. You, you, were, you were the, the guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, Hillary, you also like had a journey of all getting close calls being on the show. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I applied for the first couple of seasons, but the pandemic really kind of got in the way, um, mm. you know, so. Yeah. Because season three, you couldn't get there during the pandemic. Yeah. So like, I didn't even, I didn't even think I'd get on. And so suddenly they, they called me and were like, oh, come and do this one, you know, and I, I, I went, went and did it and it was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. But yeah, COVID was like a real deal, um, filming season two. Like you have to remember like the time when everyone was on a with a mask on their face. Like there are people to this day that I don't know what the lower half of their face looks like from production because I never saw it. And any time we were done filming, it was like mask on and then... It just like, I attribute to that as far as why there's not a lot of drama found in my season, because there's just such a human nature to be at ease when like, we've been so like pent up and lack Mm. of connection that I think 12 strangers were just happy to connect. And so that's where it was a little lovey-dovey. For the love of drag. (laughs) For real. Because you were the first season to film during the pandemic. Because Juice, you're still before and then aired during. It we was were like 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Swabs every day. Like there was actually the back of your head thought that if I test positive, like I'm out of the competition right now. So like yeah. every single day I would get a nose swab. It was like, you know, any little sniffle or like sore throat. You're like, what? Like, is this going to be the reason I go home? We yeah. saw it in one season. Wasn't it Victoria? What's her name? The UK queen. Victoria's gone. Caught- no, I got. Oh the no! Uh, sorry, Veronica Green. Veronica, Veronica, Veronica got COVID. Veronica, yeah. she caught COVID, and so it's like yeah. it was a real factor. So that was kind of an added thing, invisible to the audience, because they created a fantasy where COVID didn't exist when rolling. When rolling, yeah, right. Oh, that's mm-hmm. wild. It is. It was like sci-fi. What was it like on Wanakiki? Were yeah, it was even... like that. But I mean, like the states in Canada were very different places. Like that. I went down to the States and like no one was wearing masks anywhere. Like it was, right. it was very different. So like yeah. coming back to Canada after I was done, it was kind of like coming back to lockdown. Um, yeah. We were handling it very differently as countries. A little different you know? than America. A little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, no, truly. Yeah. What a wild ride. Um, mm-hmm. Well, what about after now? Like, what are we doing now? Now we're podcast queens. Yep. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah let's talk about yep. the podcast so you're so also including podcasting but like coming back when you you had your gigs before you left or not mm-hmm. cynthia i don't know if you started drag before you came back on but 
Um, not really. I had done no maybe like the year before going on the show. I think I had like one or two performances here or there. I did like yeah. a fashion show and then a big show because Tommy, my now manager, put it on. Uh-huh. And because we're friends, he was like, hey, do you want to do this one? It was actually It's Just Drag. It was an right. event that just met. wrapped this year. Yeah, that's where I met Jeez. Oh, oh shit. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. So yeah. like very seldom, seldom, seldom. Yeah. Drag. So no. I tried to buy her outfit off of her because I was like, you don't do drag a lot, right? Do, like, do you want that outfit? And she went, I do really want that outfit. Yes. Um, so no, you can't buy it. And I was like, okay. yeah. That's so I should have given it to you. I should have given it to you. <laughs> would have been cute. It would have been cute. I'll give it to you now. So no. you, you, come come back, you come back from filming. Obviously, you go back to like whatever you were doing before. But then once it starts airing. Yeah. Your life changes because you're not going back to your bar gigs. Basically, mm-hmm. you're kind of mm-hmm. like. Now, because you've been on this show, I think there's like a code. Is there not? Where like, as girls who have been on TV, we don't do the bar gigs anymore, at least not for the price that we were getting before, because mm-hmm. it kind of undercuts everybody else's value. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. totally a thing. So how have yeah. you navigated your career post Drag Race? Can you all um, hear that dumpster? I... No. No. Okay, good. Pretend that's it's not where, happening. That's it where their it. career's at. That's where my yeah. career's at. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary's I mean, career, back it in, just in the dumpster. <laughs> my career was was weird post-drag race because my premiere happened in 2020. Yes. So for me, it was just like I was getting to watch like my dreams like come true and like all mm-hmm. these things. Even though I was eliminated first, I was still a part of the cast. So I still was getting all the attention. But because of that, I was living with my parents at the time it was before me and my husband were able to buy our house so i'm like in my hometown living with my parents kind of just like getting all of this like pressure and i'm mourning the loss of this like career that was supposed to be happening it's right right in the middle of like black lives matter so there's this like massive shift with like um like the the culture and everything around it there and then you're also thrust with this newfound like celebrity so you feel like you almost like have to say something and have to do something and have to be a part of uh, a louder voice because you now have this platform. So there was just like, there's so much pressure happening in that first year. That's Mm -hmm. different than what I think a lot of other girls got when they first get on because there's the pressure, but there's the, there's also the money. And then there's like being with fans who love you when the only thing that I'm seeing is just whatever I choose to read online. Yeah. Right. So that was the kind of the only connection that I got. So when I was actually able to like go out to the bars and like work this past summer was the first summer I was actually able to like really work yeah. and like travel and kind of get that drag race experience. Um, I would say like to each bar, I'd be like, I didn't get to get this kind of love. I didn't get to get this kind of travel. So like, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for, you know, celebrating us. Like I really appreciate it because I didn't get this experience. And this is kind of like me finally getting that like moment that I really wanted. So it was, it was a strange sort of way to maneuver post drag race for me because I had a really slow build into getting the career that I almost wanted to have from the show. Right. Oh my god, 2020 was a time. Like that 2020 was... to like 2022 was like rough. Yeah, was we were like say. in lockdowns for a while, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truly. True story. Yeah, that truly, really truly. reminds me of that that iconic uh uh Michelle Visage quote when um RIP uh um what's her name uh from season 8 uh said I I don't have a lot of Chi-chi. money and she's like girl yeah, Chi-Chi, Devane. Um I'm not I'm going to go out I, I don't have a lot of money. It's like, don't worry. After this, you're going to be fine. It's like, are you though? 
especially like mm-hmm. in this dry grace world there's so many seasons there's so many things there's camp on a kiki we're competing against you um so mm-hmm. i mean like there's so many things to compete against and like so so much like there's it's not a guarantee right and you've got to work really hard for it mm-hmm. yeah no, totally was it ever you know yeah and i think like that raises a good point where i think like that saying comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. we can often compare ourselves to you know american queens from the show and see how like even though they're you know their season premiered after both of our respective seasons their careers still might have a different looking trajectory at this point i think juice and i both do a really great job of like assessing our situation the reality of our you know quote-unquote brand and where we can take that and what we can do with that and i think as long as you're trying to be you know smart about your choices that's all you can do like don't look at like the the top echelon of like seasons and be like why am i why am i not there it's like be happy for the opportunities you have and make the best Mm -hmm. of it i don't know exactly okay flop calm down um (laughs) and let me flop (laughs) um i have a question what because this is something that i thought was just so crazy when i was waiting for my season of camp one to come out you waited a year you waited a full year but the the thing is like the waiting how did you deal with the waiting because the waiting is that is a process in itself. A year is insane. That's a long time. <laughs> That's too much. Because you're trying to totally totally you wait like four months. Yeah. Yeah. It's like four months. Mm-hmm. Maybe like but still, it's yeah, still like, like you kind of have this secret that, you know, to yourself and you have to like, you put pressure on yourself to like be ready. And then you create this expectation of like, bam, bam, bam. And like also juice box, for example, you know that you had to go home for you had to take the bullet you know like that's yeah that's and nobody in toronto knew how to keep a secret especially for my season so i had people coming up to me at yeah. gigs being mm. like you're still a star to, uh, to me and me being like um huh like did you not like my set and having to like play dumb one person there were people that i used to work with a lot came up to me and the first thing that they said were we're so sorry we heard about what happened on the show but like you're such a star and we love you so much and i i got so fucking angry that i was like i need you both to get the fuck away from me because this is ridiculous like you're not supporting me right now if anything you're making things awkward because you know i'm not allowed to talk about it and you're kind of being a little condescending yeah. yeah you know yeah so it's just like this is fucked up i know a lot of the the girls that were on my season like it, it's such a hard thing like they were really going through it like knowing mm-hmm. that they're gonna see this this history repeat itself and you know it's like hard. you know see yourself uh, the where are there birds things. who who has it's birds it's so Cynthia. annoying oh is it spring out there it's the no, crows. she just lives in paradise. Uh, it's the crows. I'm so <laughs> the sorry. The crows have eyes. So for editing, if anytime there's me not talking, just cut my audio. Because they're... The no, bird. keep it in. It's beautiful. <laughs> Wait for the seaplane to fly by. Just... <laughs> One wasn't landing the other day, ladies. It was just going in circles. And yeah. I was going insane. But yeah, I'm sorry about that. This is great. Uh, I mean... <laughs> This is wonderful. Um, wonderful. <laughs> We're being attacked by birds at the end of the podcast. And I love it. Wow. Well, Cynthia, um, Cynthia, why don't you talk about the the pressure of waiting for um, your yeah. season to premiere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I felt like once I got back, because I was so... 
um, rusty and busty, I was like, I need to start doing some fucking gigs again because mm. I don't remember what it's like to do this, this, Ooh. this full time. Like you have to remember, like, imagine like not putting yourself into drag for a minute, just being in a corset, being padded, being in shoes, yeah. everything. It's uncomfortable. And it so is. my body was literally, there were points where like my like hip flexors would like go numb, like these immense nerve pains because of the way I wasn't used to being like hoisted and held up. So I felt very like out of drag shape, even though the show, like I, it was almost like this intense, you know, tournament or something that I did. And then it was like, as an athlete, I need to actually get into like long-term physical ability because Mm -hmm. I felt I just wasn't there yet. So when I got back, I, you know, certain people kind of knew that I'd been away, you know, to the Thunderdome summer camp, if you will. And so from there, I just was like, well, yeah, I kind of want to start performing again because I just felt super rusty so for me it was yeah just kind of performing more and then people would maybe know like give a little like wink wink I know you're on the show and you just play dumb I didn't have to have the same burden like you juice that would be very annoying if people know Mm -hmm. you going home first because sometimes promoters don't want to book you for viewing parties later in the season if they know you're not going to still be a competitor in the season so that's Mm -hmm. where that's why i don't know if you touch on that juice where that can sometimes impact when people know they might not book you for like the viewing party circuit that you can do that happens a lot uh, the ranking is tough look um yeah it's bullshit because you did pretty good since like middle of the pack you're like i went home yeah yeah i think i went home fifth no so like no you're further you're like seventh yes seventh place yeah well like something and you're a snatch game winner yeah Snatch yeah. game winner. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. So that, I mean that that comes with its own kind of feeling. Like, it, w- were you dreading the moment when you had to to relive the the trauma? <laughs> the birds are getting angry for me. They're saying yes, exactly. it was trauma. <laughs> The birds have answered. Um, I was really, I was really proud of, like, honestly, ladies. I was so shocked that I was there. That, like, for me, the entire time, I just was like Taylor Swift, being like, "I won! Oh my god, I won!" The whole time. So, like, for me, it was gravy to last that long and to win the snatch game. I was like, I'm proud of this. Hopefully, this is enough to maybe one day get asked back to do like an All Stars experience. Mm -hmm. Because even in this like year post show, I feel like I'm just so much more mentally emotionally understanding like what it is to be like a well-rounded performer and so i want to share that with the world like if the opportunity were to present itself shine (laughs) shine yeah it's a great song thank you shine Shine by the brat pack thank you thank Um, you thank you we're proud of that it was written by leah canal leah alice canally and was it stacy k Yes. Oh my God. Thank you yeah. for shouting them out. And yeah. uh, the I'm Brat Pack as well. Like, I love Leah. Yeah. Oh, I love such a great singer. And yes. Stacy is the most amazing ball of energy. She's, they're both top notch. Yes. So, I mean, uh, we're, I mean, we're just about the, at the end, but like now you, you've got your podcast. What, what are you shouting into the world? Are you excited for this whole thing? And is this like, this is, is this it? Is this it? Is this, is this the end of your life? I know sometimes I think that I think I could die (laughs) fairly happy I was like I feel like I've done a lot of things like truly in like 30 years I'm like I I, I've done quite a bit and at this point going forward but that's why the mantra is very broad cool projects with cool people is like Mm. as open-ended as I want to keep it because that seems to be filling my like soul so I'm like I'm happy 
everything feels like and I think there's a lot of stuff with semi-qualified queens that we want to like grow with it as like a brand and be able to create kind of like bigger and cooler things we've got a lot of stuff that we've like talked about a lot of stuff that we want to bring people on for different projects so Mm -hmm. I think it's not we don't want to keep it in just like a podcast we do every week I think we want to grow it into something that can kind of have a little bit more beef to it right beef it up Mm. beef beef I mean, I'm satisfied with that. I'm satisfied with that. Are you satisfied with that, Selena? Do you have any sure more depressing questions? No, I'm done. I'm out of questions. <laughs> she was like, I was just going to ask, are you going to beef it up? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the beef? Yeah. Well, thank you for having us, ladies. Our Sonar sisters. Yes. Thank you. Welcome to the, to the network. Thank you. Thanks for being am, on our pod. I am honest to God so happy that y- y'all are still reviewing Drag Race, so we don't have to um, work. Yeah, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I, I heavy is the head that wears the headphones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and here's hoping it. you get yourself because I know you presented at the Canadian Podcast Awards last season. Yes. Let's yes. keep our fingers crossed that there's going to be a win for you in the future. Yeah, that, that, would be, that would be so chic. I literally yeah, would be so honored. You know, you present, then you get nominated, and then maybe you win. <laughs> maybe you win. Take it home, girly, girly pop. Take it home. I love that. Yeah. As Selena and I, you, you two are the fake Katya and Trixie. Selena and I like to call ourselves the Trixie and Katya of Etobicoke. So, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I no one goes to Etobicoke. No one goes there. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben and Jinx of Scarborough, you know. <laughs> Wait, what did that one guy call it? Etobicoke? Uh, Etobicoke, on, I think. No, but somebody called it something. It was, I think it was Beware of Cats or Don't oh, yes. Fuck with Cats. Edibicoke. He called it like Edibicoke. Yeah, Edibicoke. he called it Edibicoke. <laughs> and everyone was like, huh? Honestly, <laughs> it makes sense. Etobicoke. Oh, God. <laughs> I have a British friend and she was like, what's that city called Missiwagwa? Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> so close. Embarrassing. close. Well, close. a lot of their stuff doesn't make sense either. Like less less to charge char Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. That's what I said. Well, ladies, thank you for having us. This was fabulous. Yeah, don't be a stranger. We have to have you on Semi Qualified Queens one day. We'll sneak in there sometime. Well, you know, let us know. Let us know. We'll sneak it in. Um, thank you so much, squirrels. Thank you, Juice Box. Thank you, Cynthia Kiss. Um, I think we got our little topic before, present, and after, or whatever the hell we discussed. Went the rails. It's all good. Honestly, I think we did it. I think we had a we had a, a, a timeline in there. I heard it. Uh, the lining of um, questioning lined up somehow yeah. so make sure you follow squirrel talk we're going to be doing lots of cool fun interviews and topic chats um keep following us every couple of weeks we're going to be back with the new pod okay you can so follow we'll us you. on the instagram oh, yeah. at squirrel talk podcast you can and follow us we, individually do we, what do we want to do shout outs i mean like cynthia and juice do you want to do your instas or something yeah. like that i don't know Totally. Hello. You can follow Semi Qualified Queens on Insta at Semi Qualified Queens Pod. Click the link tree, and from there, you can find our accounts, our Patreon, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Climb our link tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And you can find us all individually at Selena Vile, at Hillary S, at Juicebox. Uh, is it just at Juicebox? 
Or is it Juicebox official? No, right? I've got like just go to my link tree. It's right. like you can't just get just Juicebox. You've got a official Queen. All these things. Just go to my link tree. It's <laughs> she's, she's named after Org. Everett. Yeah, Org. it's just too much. Um, uh, yeah. So we'll you know thank you so much, and we'll we'll be back with some more content next time. See, this is how you do an outro, girls. Um, you just like oh, ramble. Is you it? ramble for a really long time because you know they don't want you to stop talking. Oh yeah, because you know you've got to the end, and then yeah. they're like, "Oh no, there's no more talking anymore." So you just have to keep oh, rambling for a while, and then you keep remembering oh. things that you're supposed to say as you're starting to say <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> so make sure you mm-hmm. like, comment, share, subscribe, click the button yeah. below, toot yeah. and boot, and follow and um, assess. Never okay, well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, goodbye now. Bye. Bye.